Another new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about all things movies, TV shows, books, comic books, video games, toys, Muppets, Lego, NCAA college, hoops, soccer, and other stuff. And the best part of it all is, is that it's all in canon. We're your hosts, as always. I'm Boris, and this time, this episode, this one time, I'm joined by Phil. Gazoon tight. <laughs> that was a he cough. He sneezed off camera. That was a cough. Oh my gosh, it looked like a sneeze. I know. Well, I mean, gazoon I'm... tight to you. Yep. Gazoon tight to everyone out there. <laughs> yep. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about all things Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode number two. Episode number two, The Star Spangled Man. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. Should be short and sweet. As short and sweet as the luscious. I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I, this, this, you know, was an interesting or, or I remember watching it the first time and like texting you and being like, hey, you know what? I really dug that. There's something yep. spoke to me. In this, and then I watched it again, and I I, I still recall what it got me, yeah. but I was just like, yeah, this is a pretty action heavy episode. <laughs> yep, yep. There, there were things, there were things, but man, oh man, it's interesting watching this compared to Wandavision. The pacing and everything is just so night and day. Yeah, it's completely but different. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Like I I feel like we have to justify it almost and constantly say that it's not a bad thing but the truth of the matter is is that the world that they're building in the mcu is a little bit of everything right like you get a little bit of mm -hmm. a a little bit of b a little bit of c um i think uh what was it androids aliens and wizards the big three yeah the big three man androids aliens and wizards and what's the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer a <laughs> wizard has a hat Yep. <laughs> that actually made me freaking think. I was like, oh, oh, I think Anthony Mackie is right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I oh. think he's got something there. Yeah. there. There there was a lot of banter. I like the banter, I guess. I guess that's that's really what this episode there was a lot of, of focus on the interaction between him and the Winter Soldier, between Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I just really I don't know, it it kinda hit me in the nostalgic feels of those old 80 action movies where it was like you know like almost like a lethal weapon where it's like 
Briggs and Murdoch, or you know what I mean? Like, ah, yeah, shit, it's a buddy. I'm almost retired. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, getting too old for this shit. Yeah, no, it's the banter. It's the yeah. it's the buddy cop type feel of this show that I really like. Right? Um, the characters yeah. are different enough. Uh, they like each other enough, and they don't like each other enough that it just works. And there's just so much chemistry between the two that it just, you know, it's 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 very it's very good. Um, and I gotta say that this episode also reminded me a little bit, um, probably just because of that action scene in the middle of uh, Mandalorian, the episode with Bull Burr. Oh yeah, 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 a little bit of that. Um, I had flashbacks of the Matrix, the second one. Yep. With that big battle scene, right, with Morpheus and the and the sword on the side of the truck and on the highway, yeah, yeah, on the highway, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was filmed in Vancouver. That was it. Just brought back a lot of memories of that for me. And for some reason, I kept on wanting to hear the Terminator theme, the dun 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 dun, yeah. dun when they were doing that. I don't know why. Yeah, because it was, was kind like, of like okay. uh, Judgment Day, Terminator Two, uh, hmm. in the L.A. River when when. Uh, Terminator, the T-800, and John Connor on the are, are on the motorcycle, and then you have the T-1000 in the truck and helicopter. Yeah, you see, that's what I mean about these these kind of retro action movies that this thing taps into. And I think that that is deliberately done, and I think it awakens something in a certain demographic of the show. And I think that this team did a really good job in doing assembling their little bits of research and what they decided to do. Maybe that was a conversation. Maybe we're completely wrong. I don't know. But I just get those feels. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Shall we get into it? I'd love to. All right. I've been trying to avoid the spoilers. All right, so Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, so before we start, and thank you for reminding me, I hope everyone listening has watched the episode because it is spoiler-heavy. We're going to be analyzing. We're going to be talking about stuff, and um, this is your one warning. Can't Don't complain. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I'll try and include it in the notes. We'll see. Sometimes I forget. Yeah, it happens. Uh, You know what? If you see the title, you know we're going to talk about it. I'm sorry. Exactly. So Falcon. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode number 2, The Star-Spangled Man, original release date, March 26, 2021. All right, so, things get started right away as Walker appears on Good Morning America and reveals his desire to live up to the Rogers Captain America mantle. Um... What do you think of this? It was kind of like, you know, it was a bit of a throwback to... Captain America, the first one, um, the first Avenger, kind of when he did his 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 tour of 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 all of the bases and whatnot, right? Yeah, and oddly enough, did you know it's the same theme that they played in that movie that yeah. they played in this show? They redid that a little bit, and made a little more marching band ish, and yeah, it, it's really about the um the Captain America image that the U.S. Army or the political entities in the U.S., whatever they may be in this version of post-blipness, want to portray superheroes as. So it's definitely an image, and it's definitely contrived, and it's definitely an experiment that they've tried before with Steve Rogers. Yep. So that was exactly my read. I was actually really confused by him coming up and even practicing the line and back 
where he's like, good morning, America. And I'm just like, it's nighttime. And then I realized, oh, it's good morning, America. Because <laughs> yeah, right. Bucky's watching it the next day in the morning. Yes. So I'm like, ah, okay, ABC. Oh, shout out Disney. <laughs> yep. All right. So then from there, we are we go to Sam, who is preparing a mission on his way to Munich. Um, because obviously we have the flag smashers um, who are doing their thing out in Europe. <laughs> And Sam wants to know what's up. Um, but I love this because, you know, they're in a highly classified government building. And I love how Bucky just walks in and starts shitting on him. Yeah, I know, right? And even even the the, the dude who's assembling the, the list from the previous episode, I forget his name now. But it, it was just kind of like they operate with such autonomy. And then it's continually revealed throughout this episode that Falcon and Winter Soldier are free agents operating with a degree of autonomy from any responsibility, yet they can tap into these resources and borrow people, planes, other equipment at will. It's just, it, it baffles my mind. And the other thing that kind of bothered me about this episode while I'm getting nitpicky about stuff is just how small the world is. Yeah, They can be in LA one night or New York or wherever they may be, and then they can be in Munich... 10 minutes later and Captain America can show up at any point in anything. It's just, there's some parts that just start to bother me on that front, but I get it. It's I comic think, book conversion. Yeah. I think that's a little too nitpicky even for me. And I love being a nitpick about stuff like that. It just started grating on me a little bit. That's all. It was just something I noticed on the second watch through. This is why we need Tyler back so we can shut you up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did my research, though. <laughs> Unlike last time. And then, the, and then they put on the suit, and I was like, yay. <laughs> I love it, though. Um, no, but, like, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I think that that is more of an interpretation of comic book to, to film. Like, we can... I'm sure there are people who can come on the show and explain why this is humanly possible talking about government resources and things like that um you know and and but it's it is what it is for me but i do i 100 percent. it did come it, it did cross my mind i should say yeah well the only reason why i bring it up is because they bring it up at the end yeah that's the only thing that stuck out to me because i'm like i in the moment that this was happening no bullshit. I don't care. You're right. Hey, Winter Soldier walks just up to basically one of the most protected superheroes in the U.S. military that's serving for the U.S. military. And is like, what the fuck, man? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point, Boris. That's a very good point. I didn't even think of that. But then at the end, they make it an issue about, you know, who's on what team and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, yep. well, that just makes me wonder, you know, because the last episode... We talked about money. We talked about who gets paid for what. Yeah. And Falcon's like, well, I don't really get paid. All right, that's cool. But sometimes I don't get paid and I can't get a Hercules plane anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's something going on. There's a weird interplay. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is just it's funny like, that you say what that. What is the deal? Yeah. So here's the thing. 
and and I think I sent you a message basically saying that the MCU needs to be very careful because it's starting to show a, little, a few cracks. And that's kind of what I mm-hmm. meant by this is that I think if they start trying to explain too much and not leave everything in comic book lore, you know, we yeah. then will be allowed to nitpick a little more about stuff like this. But I think if they kind of stay away from some of these things, people just let it be. And it'll it'll just be something yeah, that and you can but, suspend it. I I don't want to Mandalorian it. That's my point. I don't yeah. want to get to that point. Yep, exactly. All right. So um, the Flag Smashers and their leader Carly Margenthau, 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 are stealing a shipment of medicine, and this is in Munich. And this is when Wilson and Barnes attack the group, and this is a set up a pretty long action sequence chase sequence on top of a truck um and i kind of like this because uh you know bucky is a little more grounded he can't really fly he has to do his thing and whatnot um and i know i skipped mm-hmm. the whole jumping out of a plane thing um but that was a comedy yeah that was just a quick comedy bit but uh i did like the part where bucky thinks he found like a, a hostage but no 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 no, no, no. That's one of the flag smashers. So that was kind of, I kind of like that part. And then it got to a pretty long action sequence. Anything you want to call out from that? Um, it was interesting to see Emphis Nest playing Emphis Nest in the MCU versus Solo Star Wars story. You know, where we think that she's the bad, where we think that she's the bad guy and she's the good guy. I think that it's going to be something similar. I don't know. <laughs> That's just a gut feeling here. That I think that that through a lot, well, through this part, we didn't really see much of that other than that reveal. Um, we kind of I, saw I found, it later on in this episode, yeah, where there's a lot later. more to this character, and I think there's a lot more elements to the flag smashers than than meets the eyes, right? I think that there's yeah, a few. I want to discuss that when we get to it because I I actually form some really interesting opinions about this. I think okay, cool. maybe you form the same. Okay. Um, but the action sequence, to be honest, I I just found it was. <sighs> I hate to nitpick. I really do because do it. the first time I watched it, the first time I watched it, I thought it was great. I thought it was like, eh, it was, it was acceptable. I'm like, Hey, yeah, you know what? I, I got the feeling they're on trucks. Like, but then when I watched it again and I wasn't, I watched it on a tablet while I was kind of dozing. Right. It wasn't that I was intensely focusing in on the show, but Bucky runs to the second freaking truck. I assumed to get, the 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 hostage right and the thing is is that if you run to the second truck the first truck behind it can see you yep right number two he gets pushed back onto the first truck and then he gets pulled up onto the top of the truck by two guys that are super soldiers and falcon doesn't call that out who's flying above it all and saying hey bucky look out like there was a lot of weird stuff with the the whole fight with the speed of the chase which didn't really strike me as dramatic at all. Like there was a lot of weird stuff where I'm like I accept it and this is that fine line that you're talking about that I shouldn't question it because it's Marvel. But when I look at it compared to other action sequences that have taken place on top of trucks in similar scenarios this didn't make a ton of sense to me 
like it was it was a great moment when Falcon saves Winter Soldier from the bottom of the 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 truck. It was a great little dig about the White Wolf, right? Where yes. he's reveals that in Wakanda he was called the White Wolf and whatnot, and 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 Falcon's like, what? You know what I mean? Like legitimately, like the fuck? Yeah. And I was just like, there was there was a lot of interplay again that goes back to that point that I was talking about about the banter between them that I liked, but the action and whatnot didn't super impress me. Yeah. So <sighs> here's my thing about the action sequence. I believe that this is a byproduct of a MCU movie budget versus a MCU TV show budget. Yeah. I think that you know they after that opening sequence of the show, they're like, well, shit, we don't have any more budget. What can where can we cut current <laughs> corners? So I think that that this is a clear byproduct of that because it felt like even even the speed of everything it just everything didn't seem fluid everything didn't seem natural yep. um, and and I think they just wanted to make it look cool as cool as humanly possible with the budget that they have so they didn't take everything into consideration just like you said yeah I think that's nail on the head really like I I think they got to pick their battles. And who knows what's coming in the next four episodes. Um, but this definitely didn't hit full marks for me. But as a casual viewing experience, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It's just when I start really looking at it, like in a granular way, that I'm like, yeah. it yeah. wasn't see, really my taste. See, this is one of those times where doing this podcast hurts my inter- my viewing of things. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. Because yeah, so, yeah, I was like super stoked. I thought I'm like, eh. Yep, I know. So here's the thing. So this action sequence was a thing. Clearly, the heroes think that they're going to save the day. That's not the case. They're on the verge of losing. And this is when John Walker and Lamar Hoskins arrive to help. Um, And eventually, the Flag Smashers escape. Yeah, you know what? They're trying really hard to humanize the new captain. Yep. So, right at the beginning, that's like the whole idea, and this fight gentrifies him a little bit, yeah, and sets up the standoff. But I still want to smash his face. Yeah, <laughs> you want to flag smash his face? Yeah, and Battlestar just looks like a wannabe, like when he's wearing the catcher stuff, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 100%. trying to pretend like it's tactical gear. And I'm like, no, that's a catcher's like smock. Yep. <laughs> I get so... it. I've seen umpires wear that. <laughs> Exactly. So Battlestar introduced in Captain America number 323. Lamar Hoskins is yet another character pulled out of Mark Grunwald's legendary run. Hoskins was originally a professional wrestler who was granted super strength from the power broker. Um, When John Walker took over as Captain America, Hoskins first became the new Bucky before ditching the name in favor of Battlestar. So just a little background info. And I thought it was important because even... New Captain America has has his own Bucky. Yep, he does. And yeah, you know what? The, the guy seems to be a pretty good stand-up guy. They, they're definitely the two of them are tasked. Uh, I know, despite the, the displays that they're trying to set up, and saying that they're competent at this, yeah. they got their butts whooped. They, yep. you know, and then we get that scene where it's like, you know, they're trying to talk Falcon and Winter Soldier. In a, getting in the car, and they're like, well, it's one of the big three, and they're like, you know, androids, and, uh, uh, you know, like, sorcerers. It's like, no, battle soldiers. Yep. 
it's like you know no we're switching out we're switching yep. out and that's what it is I mean, exactly. it's not aliens it's battle soldiers so i i like that i like that they've already gotten past that and now we know what we're dealing with in this show which we've known for a while if you watch the end credits that there's yep. a super serum kind of alluded to all the way through and we do see that name the battle broker and you know it's uh it's yep. uh it's a fun interpretation it's a yep. it, it definitely is that i i like this when the mcu does this kind of stuff and doesn't make us read 300 episodes issues of captain america exactly <laughs> so it wasn't completely a bust at this point because now our four quote-unquote heroes know one thing for sure they are dealing with super soldiers of in some shape way or form um so the big question here is how did after all these years that the world gain eight new super soldiers Obviously, this is something for us to figure out, but there's a lot more to this, which we're going to figure out in the next major scene. Um, so at this point, John Walker, Captain America, suggests that the four heroes team up. However, Sam and Bucky are not too warm on the idea. Worse, they don't appreciate having Red Wing hacked and tracked, um, which is kind of funny. Um, so they had this conversation and, you know, and true, and this is what I mean about Sometimes you just need to let the details happen. And here, mm-hmm. um, Sam was kind of like, hey, how did you know where we were? It's like, well, that, pointing to Red Wing, is government property. We are the government. We can track you. We can hack and track. Yeah, but it just sets up that conversation a little bit more for me. And that, how did Falcon accept that and not understand that there's terms and conditions that apply? Well, you know, for I him think to think that it's case. completely sealed off. I think this has been the case since Avengers 2, right? Like, the whole thing yeah. about government and government intrusion. I think Sam is still in this this happy-go-lucky world where the government is just going to let them run wild, right? So, I think there there's more to it. Um, but, again, it can be a little nitpicky. So, at this point, John pleads that he's not trying to be Steve or replace Steve. He just wants to have Cap's wingman at his side. And this pissed off both Sam and Bucky. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, you know, they're trying to make John Walker this likable character. But I find it half near impossible because he's faux America. He's Captain Faux America. Yeah. Like, you just... I don't know if you're supposed to like him, supposed to feel sorry for him, or just think that he's a total douche lord and not give a shit about him. I'm of the opinion that he's a tryhard who doesn't know better and also a part-time douche lord. Yeah. So I'm just thinking that that's the toxic mix, right? Like, he really is identifying the right virtues in Captain America to live up to. He just doesn't understand the context that Captain America, like Steve Rogers... Actually, you know what? This is a character for me as a Canadian. I hate to say it, all right? I'm not the biggest, hugest uh, uh, Avengers fan in the world. I enjoy the movies. I've read the books, all right? I, I Props. But Captain America was about as low on the totem pole for a superhero from, from my standpoint because I'm not American, and that's okay. I, You know, Captain Canada ain't so much to me either. But I was just like, okay, some dude with S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I watch the movies and whatnot. I grow to like this guy. Hey, guess what? I, I, I see I see the Avengers movies and I go, oh, oh man, Civil War. This guy's got some balls. 
I really like this guy. I really like what he's standing for. Yeah. I really, and I dig Tony Stark too. Like, don't get me wrong. I like both sides of things. I, I love the, the competing storylines. I love everything about it. And now I'm actually getting to care about Steve Rogers. What was accomplishing for me is that I'm sitting there looking at this guy, getting mad at him and going, you don't even know the first thing about Steve Rogers because you weren't there. You didn't see the fight between him and Tony. You didn't see the, 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 you know, the fact that these guys had to, to have this huge fight about whether or not to comply to these rules. And you're just capitulating right to them. You're, you're on the inside of everything that Steve hated. And that's what bugs Bucky the most, mm-hmm. right? That's what insults Bucky. It's the legacy about the shield, but it's also the fact that this guy is on the opposite line of where Steve would be. And he and doesn't have a, the pea-sized brain doesn't let him process that, you know. Yeah, and that's a conversation that I think it's a perfect time to bring up, and a conversation that I waited on purpose to bring up, and that is when they're t- getting ready to go to Munich. Bucky flat out asks Sam, "Why did you give it up?" Yeah, well, that's the inevitable conflict, right? But I think really, I hate to do this, but. It's something that comes up soon in the episode, not quite yet, but I think really that that discussion with the 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 therapist revealed so much to me about Bucky and so much to me about the Falcon. Like yep. I I I get it now. I get where they can't see each other eye to eye and Bucky's depths of problem is way bigger than Sam's. Yep. Yep. Way bigger. Yep. All right. So the Flag Smashers, they're operating underground. They're able to travel due to the goodwill of the people. If you remember the Flag Smashers, Flag Smashers just want a world and they want the world back to how things were and run like they were during the blip. So they obviously have supporters and people who see this way and want this way. Um, So they're essentially refugees who were displaced by the return. Um, They regard the rebels as freedom fighters who are pushing back against the system. Two people who absolutely have no love for Carly and the Flag Smashers, Interpol, who just released a wanted notice on the group and an unknown person who texted Carly with the threat, you took what is mine, I'm going to find you and kill you. Uh, Carly and the group do not regard themselves as bad guys. Their mission, one world, one people, is to get things back to the way things they were during the blip. However, they're no longer playing they cannot let those who were put back in power after the blip uh, win. And it's clear um, that the CRGRC is more concerned about those who came back and not the ones who never left. And that's it right there. That last sentence is mm-hmm. the big issue that I finally get an insight as to what the Flag Smashers are about. Because obviously during the blip, if 50% of humanity was knocked out, let's just theoretically say you had 50% of the assholes in government knocked out. Hey, let's just say you had 70% of the assholes in government knocked out and 30% of the assholes decided to go hide in a bunker. Yep. All right? Like, whatever that ratio was, the fact is is that probably during the blip, government regained some sense of humanity. 
And that's what these people are motivated by. They're stealing. Like, they're not really criminals. That's where I get my emphasis nest parallel to. Because I'm like, they're not really criminals. They're not stealing nuclear warheads here. They're stealing vaccines. But they are criminals in the eyes of the government. Of the Interpol. People in power, yes. the system. And this is the issue. Yeah. This is the conversation. And this is where it's kind of like, these people aren't really the bad guys. And it's weird because... Bucky and Sam haven't figured this out just yet because they would be on their side. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is really about the rebellion versus the empire, right? Like, that, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but to the empire, the rebellions are the terrorists. To the rebellion, the empire are the terrorists, right? It's all about which side you're actually, which side of the chalk line you're actually standing on. And Interpol are going to do the government's bidding. And if the government reforms back to the way it was and this five-year blip is restored and all the idiot politicians come back and all the corrupt politicians come back and then all of a sudden they say, hey, no, we need to hang on to these vaccines. We need to do this. We need to do that. That's what the issue is, is that are you a good law-abiding citizen? We're getting a post-blip civil war set up here. That's yes. really what this is all about. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Essentially, Bucky wants to steal the shield back, handle the flag smashers on their own. But Sam reminds him that the last that he's not about La Vida Loca anymore. He's done that. And he reminds him the last time that they stole the shield during Civil War, Sharon Carter was branded enemy of the state. Sam and Steve were forced to go on the run for two years. Yep. And you right. don't want to do that anymore. And I don't blame him. All right, so this right here, this scene coming up, honestly, was <laughs> interesting for so many reasons. Uh, so nearly facing a dead end, Bucky takes him to meet someone he used to know from his time as the Winter Soldier during the Korean War, to be exact. Bucky introduces Sam to Isaiah Bradley, one of the heroes that Hydra feared the most. Just like Steve, Isaiah is only entertaining the drop-in because he ripped off half of Bucky's metal arm and wanted to see if it grew back. Yeah, I like this a lot. And you know what? Like, honestly, with all my disclosures that I'm not a huge nerd about this stuff... I did happen to come across that storyline. I did happen to do some research into the character. And this is a fine interpretation of it. I I I think he's only signed on for one episode or he's only accredited with one episode in IMDb. So I don't know if that's actually true or not. We never know because I think Tamara Morrison in The Mandalorian was accredited for every episode and he only appeared in a handful there. So you can't trust that. But I really, I hope that they, if they don't develop this story because of the compressed time frame, that they do actually go back and revisit this story in a revisionist form and expand upon it, you know, and show kind of some of what happened back then. Because I thought that this character was really cool. I thought that the 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 situation, the the tension, was great, and I really liked afterwards. Like first of all. You're right about the Young Avengers because his son is in the Young Avengers. But anyhow, afterwards, I also really enjoyed how the police showed up and they automatically started getting on Falcon for being black. Yep. And I think that that's a very good nod by Disney to 
have this political awareness in the show. You know, they even did it before they walked in where the kid's like, you're Black Falcon. He's like, no, I'm just Falcon. That's my name. Is it because I'm black? You know what I mean? And he's kind of having fun with it. And then afterwards, that's used really against him, right, by the cops. And I just thought that that was a real moment because you could see the panic, right? And and goodness knows, you, you dropped that line. Do you know who this is? That can go one of two ways, and usually it's the bad way. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> History tells me yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's um, never a good sign when you play that card. It's like, yeah, there's one of two ways that it's going to end, especially when you say it to a cop. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, and just even the whole reactions, I thought it was great because you could see the cops like, the fuck? Like, they're just like, you know, I'm not angry. And it's like, well, you said it in an angry way, dude. Like, look out. Like, I hate to say it. This ain't going to go well if you keep it up, right? Yeah. Like, just, just show them your freaking ID. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like Something so simple, right? It's like, just, just do yeah. it. Just do it. Just show it. All right. So Isaiah Bradley, um, you know, I love the fact that now we are seeing kind of the government and Hydra slash mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. at play and some of the things that they did, you know, during the Cold War um, and, yep. you know, during those years that we don't really have too much insight on in regards to how the MCU was shaped. All right, so Bucky tells Isaiah that there are others out there like him, which enrages Isaiah. He and Bucky are not alike before throwing a metal tin through his wall, and that's where we see that, yeah, he does have the superpowers. Um, Isaiah does not have the luxury like the folks like Bucky who can just wake up and decide who they want to be. Um, so to drive home yeah. how heroes like Isaiah are treated, he was in prison for 30 years years they ran tests on yeah. him took his blood came into his cell with no regard for his service or his rights yeah they treated him like an absolute piece of crap and that enrages him even fur further because here's the enemy in bucky yeah. that played for the other side walking around free yep right pardoned even pardoned even by the by the by the president it's i get it that's why i say i want to see it I want to see more of that story, and I don't know that we're going to get it in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I don't want them to just lightly tap this and not explore it. All right, so... I guess. Kicking them out of his home, Sam expresses dismay and frustration that there has been a black super soldier for decades, and he was hidden away and punished. However, during their... Okay, so... This argument is happening, and I love the words that Bucky uses. Why didn't... So the question from Sam to Bucky was, why didn't he tell us? Bucky reply with, he went through enough. Now, who is he yep. talking about? Is he talking about Isaiah or is he talking about oh, Steve? I get the impression they're talking about Steve because really what you hear is Falcon Soldier saying, why didn't you tell Cap? Like, why didn't you yeah. tell Captain? Or something like that. And he goes, because, you know, like... But he says he, regardless. He says he. So you yeah. can leave, you know, for me, yeah, I true. too thought he meant Steve. But he can also mean Isaiah. The guy's been through hell and back. He's been in prison. He's been this. He's been that. Why do we want to put him through more? Because you know Steve is going to want to help him. You know Steve is going to want to figure something out for him. So, you know... Who did he really mean? 
Did he mean Steve? But isn't, or did he mean Isaiah? Isn't Steve gone now? Yeah. That's why this that's why this is coming out. This is why, you know. Yeah. No, I know that that's why the revision is comment, but I'm like, Steve can't do anything now. That's you know what I mean? I think I think point. Isaiah knew that Steve was a super soldier as well. And Steve got the accolades and this guy got imprisoned. And he's yeah. mad. Like I think that he'd be equally mad if Steve Rogers shows up in his in his freaking house. Right? Because yep. he'd be like, You got away with it and I got persecuted for it. You know, yep. arguably he's you know, I know Steve is positioned as the first Avenger or the first Captain America here, but yeah, you know, he was the first I'm super like, soldier. We know as a fact that the yeah. Russians had their own program. That's what Civil War saw. We saw that uh, yeah. Zebo was trying to kill everyone, which I know that's going to come back. And now we see that Hydra had an equivalent program in the USA in the 50s. Yeah, Hydra. Well, Hydra was doing their thing with, Under with Shield. Uh, Bucky. Yeah. Well, with doing well, they what they did with Bucky directly, and then they were working both sides. Yeah, exactly. So we know that they were probably stealing the stuff out of, uh, uh out of uh, Shield to give to Hydra. Doesn't and this expand upon whole Hydra working both sides kind of bring into the light how the government can work and how some people think the government works mm-hmm. in certain places in the world? Like it's interesting, like how. You know, that they're kind of touching on this. They haven't gone too deep into it, but they kind of say, hey, this happens. They're holding the Disney line. Yeah. All right. You know, they're trying to hint at something that maybe the comic books would delve into a little deeper, not too much deeper, but they're holding the Disney line. All right. So (laughs) police show up. Sam and Bucky um, are, are doing their, are having an argument. Uh, cops demand their IDs and insinuating that Sam was threatening Bucky. Furious, Bucky demands to know if they know who they're costing. Sam Wilson, um, you know, so it's like, who is this guy? Kind of like what we were talking about. So yeah, this is after they actually figure out who these guys were. Um, they kind of run their names through the system. And there's a warrant out for Bucky's arrest as he's missed out on his court-mandated therapy, a condition of his pardon. Yeah, so it's like a parole vi- vi- uh, violation. Yeah, so. so at the station, Sam meets and thanks Dr. Christina Raynor for freeing Bucky, who reveals it wasn't her, but a former colleague who she did field ops with back in the day. None other than John fucking Walker. Yeah, because he's sensing that he can recruit them for this nice favor he did. Yep. So flexing his way, John tells Dr. Raynor that Bucky will no longer be following her strict schedule since they've got work to do. At this point, Dr. Raynor demands uh, one last therapy session as condition of his release and Sam too. Despite his protest, Sam agrees to go. So, determined to figure out what's eating at Bucky and why Bucky and Sam are constantly bickering, the doctor pulls out two exercises that she uses for couples. The Merkel question and soul-gazing exercise. Yeah, this is like right out of an 80s movie. Yeah, it 100%. It just, I can see, like I said, I can see uh, Murdoch and uh, Buddy doing this, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm telling you, man. It's just... 
cut out from like you just need a Joe Pesci in the middle of it going, they fuck you at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're finally making some progress. Following the exercise, we get to the root of the issue. Bucky cannot let go the, the fact that Sam, that Sam gave up the shield. Steve believed and trusted in Sam and that the shield represents everything Steve stood for. Sam threw it away like it was nothing, which makes Bucky feel like Steve must have been wrong about Sam. And if Steve was wrong about Sam, maybe he was wrong about Bucky too. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the real issue. Oh, that's Sam goes shit. on to say, yeah, Sam goes on to say, Hey, look, why can't you just accept that I did what I felt was right? Right. And that's that's valid. Okay. You know, either Bucky can accept that or not. That's Bucky's choice. But Bucky's explosion, and this is where I'm disappointed in the therapist. <laughs> okay. Because that therapist must have been like, hang on, you ain't getting out of that chair, or B... You're not done with me yet, despite what Captain America says. Yeah. Because at that point, he's just revealed a huge insecurity that he has in himself now. And that's why he's reacting. But I guess she doesn't know that he is breaking the rules, so to speak. So to speak. Um, because he's, he's claiming that he's not and that he's complying to them, which if she believes that, I've got some land in Florida to sell her. But I'm just... Like, honestly, I look at it and I go, oh, man, that just speaks to such a deep insecurity by Bucky. And that's what's eating at Bucky now. And yep. that's what's been eating at him since he's come back and been redeemed by Steve. And it's obviously what he fought through. And then he acknowledged because Steve proved him right. So he buried it. And now it's reemerged as a huge flaw that he's never going to be able to absolve or get over until he learns to trust in his teammates. And that's when he gets their absolution and their acceptance, then he's going to be the one that gets the validation of redemption at that point. But he's never going to be satisfied until that's achieved. And even then, we don't really get resolution. We don't even get anything because Sam basically says... Um taking a look at my notes. Maybe this is something you or Steve will never understand, but you can accept that I did what I thought was right. So he's just saying, look, yeah. I can't explain things. You just have to trust me on this. Well, I'm not Captain America, so yeah. I put the shield in the Smithsonian. That was his choice. You have to respect his choice. That's what he's saying, right? Which is a valid point, and it, he is completely allowed to say it. But like I say, the issue for the therapist, the issue for Sam, and the issue for Bucky should be about Bucky's insecurity. And I'm sure that will come back up. 100%. Right? Like that, that's, that's, that's got to be, I don't know that it gets resolution in this series, but at least he's going to board the boat to get to that place in yep. this series. I'm so hoping. Yeah, so essentially Sam just wants them to handle the mission at hand and for them to go their separate ways after. So it's like, look, we might not get along ever because I know this has clearly torn a rift in our friendship. So let's just do what we have to do, get the Flag Smashers, and then we'll do our own thing. Um, Bucky parts ways with Dr. Rayner, but before he does, he asks her, what was rule number two again? Don't yeah. hurt anyone. Yeah, which obviously he plans to break that rule. 
as well, though, you know that Sam saying that about, well, you know, we're done, we go on vacations and we never see each other again, we go our separate ways, that type of thing. That's all just setting up the fact that they are going to completely not do that. Yeah. Like, that's just foreshadowing the fact that they're going to become inseparable, yeah. just like Captain and Bucky was. And I even will boldly go on to predict that he will be allowed to call him Buck or whatever it was on the plane where he's like, well, Steve spent more time with me. His qualifier was Steve spent more time with him, not that Steve had my back or Steve was my, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was Bucky. none of that. It was, he wouldn't let him yeah. call him Bucky. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they're going to get to be best buds. This is just the rough spot at the beginning. Yep. And it's predictable, but it's fun. It's going to be fun getting there. Yep, so Walker and Hoskins again want to be a foursome. And once again, Sam and Bucky decline because they don't work for the government, which allows them to operate without the kind of restrictions Walker and Hoskins would be up against. Working on behalf of the U.S. rules of engagements and authorization. Um, So that's pretty much it. Upset at their refusal, John sternly offers up a word of advice. Stay the hell out of my way. So we've seen John Walker go from I'm the new Captain America to this is why you should like me to we should work together to all right you're not with me you're against me move out of it my way yeah that's what you do when you're a pretty one-dimensional character <laughs> yep all right so it's meant to hold a shield <laughs> yeah Carly and the flag smashers are loading a small plane with their bulk supplies however the mysterious texter wants to deliver on the threat the power brokers men have found them to allow the rebels the chance to escape uh, Matthias buys them time to fly away by sacrificing himself um, following the only lead they have about how the flag smashers could have gotten their hands on the super serum Bucky tells Sam there is one person who knows all of Hydra's secrets and he wants to speak to him one on one, mano a mano, and that is Zemo. Yes, and did you notice? Here's my big geek out. Did you notice what cell number Zemo was in? Uh, no, but let me guess 616? Nope, 2187. 2187. Oh, <laughs> that was the holding cell for Princess Leia. Yep, in- there you go. In, in Star Wars, and it's also Finn's last four digits, FN2187. Yep. It's it's a reoccurring Star Wars number. <laughs> it's it's actually Disney the precursor. Now. Yeah, it's the precursor for THX 1138. <laughs> it was George Lucas's experience with 2187. Yep. It's uh, kind of one of those numbers that have made me laugh as a Star Wars geek. Because I'm like, oh, look at that. That's so cute. <laughs> Yeah. I was hoping I'd get that one by you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice. I've only seen this episode once, to be honest, and I took all my notes while I was watching yeah. Saturday morning. Um, so, yeah. So, that was the episode in a nutshell. We end with Sam and Bucky on their way to go see Zemo, the villain from Civil War. Yeah, and I think that he's probably going to have something to do with with Black Widow as well. From what I understand. And uh, yeah, you know, that's the interconnectedness of the MCU. I hope that we, these shows are exactly exposing a very good 
weakness that we both identified, and I hope that they try to avoid it. Yep. It may be too late for these episodes. Yeah. But I think the criticism, if there is any, would be that. And um, I'm excited to see, like, we've got four more episodes left. I think it's fairly predictable what's going to happen, but I hope I get surprised. You know, I heard that there's going to be some big return or unveiling of a of a hero in episode five. So right. who knows? Um, I'm, you know what? I, I still have zero expectations for all this. I, I really am. I know we talk about WandaVision and whatnot, and WandaVision just set a high water mark yeah. about quality. And I think that we're measuring that a little bit that way. But I think overall, I still have really low expectations on the actual where this is going to go. I'm not putting a final destination on it and saying, well, I hope they do this. Otherwise, I'm out. You know what I mean? And I think that's how you have to watch these shows. And I think that's how you're watching it. Am I correct? 100%. Um, you know, I'm I'm strapped in for the ride. Let Let's go. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, man. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to like that. No, but it's true. Like, for me, it's whatever. I'm, I'm ready to... I'm, go, I'm, I'm ready for the ride. Wherever the MCU and Kevin Feige want to take me, I'm ready for it. And, uh, you know, whether I like it or not, we'll talk about it. But as it stands right now, you know... Uh, you know... If, one thing I've learned about being a geek is that sometimes you just have to place your expectations and put them in the backseat because if you expect something and it doesn't happen, there's no point in being upset. Yeah, oh yeah. Did talk to the Star Wars fan base. Talk to <laughs> people who wanted to see Mephesto in, in WandaVision, right? Yeah, well, I was pretty sure he was in this episode too. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought he was a truck driver. I love it. I so love dang it. on, that's Mephisto. God. <laughs> All right. So I saw Galacticus in a tree. <laughs> God. All right, listeners, let us know what you thought. Let us know you th- what you think of these episodes and what you think of our retrospective slash review. And Phil, can you tell them where they can find us? Of course I can. We're on the internet at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. And you can find our podcast. I think you've already found it. But if you're looking to tell others where to find it, you can track us down on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our special episode about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave a rate and review on any platform where possible. Thanks, Phil, for that. And thank you to everyone for listening. It really does mean a lot to us um, because we are the It's Canon podcast, the only podcast where we talk about all things, everything, your go-to source of all pop culture news, your go-to source for all things about comic books, Video games, books, toys, Lego, MCU, DCEU, anything and everything. Because the best part of it all is, is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. The show is the It's Canon Podcast. Good night. <laughs>